0: This is Case Closed, crime stories from the golden age of radio. This week on Case Closed, we begin with Let George Do It. and hear his story from April 26th, 1948, titled The Wolf Pack. After that, it's the lineup in the Holstetter case, their story from December 21st, 1950. Standard of California, on behalf of independent Chevron gas stations and standard stations throughout the West, invite you to Let George Do It. Another adventure of George Valentine. Personal
1: notice, danger is my stock and trade. If you're up against something you can't handle and it has to be kept strictly confidential, you've got a job for me, George Valentine. Write full details. (laughs)
2: valentine the day after tomorrow a boy 16 is getting out of a work camp after a year instead of trying to get a new start he swears he's going to do something that'll take him right back there again or even worse you've got to help him you've got to save him from himself i don't have much
3: money i'm only 16 too only 16 too but i'll work the rest of my life paying you if you'll do everything you can to help eddie I'll be waiting for you tomorrow morning at seven in front of the Lincoln statue in Chelsea Square Park. it's just signed, Emily, George. Yeah,
1: Chelsea Square Park, huh? Brooksy, that's right in the middle of that slum jungle where those so-called wolf packs have been running wild.
3: Yes, and kids just about this age.
1: Always good for an editorial. Young hoodlums, a challenge to society. And that's where it usually ends. Brooksy, looks like we're going to be on the job early tomorrow morning. <laughs>
3: George, wait a minute. What is it, Brooksy? Over there, sitting under the statue of Lincoln. There, feeding the pigeons.
1: Oh, yeah. Looks like a girl, all right. Come on, Angel. Let's see how unlike an editorial we can be when we talk to her.
2: Now, that's all that comes I have. No use hanging around. Go on. Scoop. Scoop. Go on.
1: <laughs> Emily?
2: Yes? Oh, Mr. Valentine? Yeah, that's right. Gosh, I didn't really believe you'd come, and I... Hello, well, Emily?
1: I... This is Miss Brooks. We work together.
2: How do you do? Hello, Miss Brooks. If things weren't so terrible for Eddie, I'd... I'd feel pretty silly. I don't have anything in the world, and there's no reason for you to help me. Well,
1: let's just say you write a darn good letter.
2: Now, what about Eddie, Emily? He's a boy I know. He gets out tomorrow. Why was he sent away? The police found him in a stolen car. I see. But he didn't steal it. He thought he was delivering the car to a second-hand dealer for somebody. Just to make a little extra money. Well, didn't he tell that to the police? No. He just kept insisting over and over that he didn't steal it. He wouldn't even tell me who got him into that trouble. But he says that since everybody is so sure he's no good, he's going to prove they're right. You know what that means. Uh Oh, now, Emily. Well, I know Eddie. He's lost his temper a lot of times. and He got into scrapes, but... Well, he's not bad. Not really.
1: Emily, you're pretty sure of that, aren't you?
2: I suppose when you believe in somebody... Just do, that's all.
1: All right. Now let's see what we can do.
2: He has no place to go, Mr. Valentine. What do you mean? He only has his father, and Eddie was supporting Mr. Prokosh, selling papers. Yes. Well, when Eddie was arrested, Mr. Prokosh told him he never wanted to see him again. And Eddie's very proud. He'd never go back home now.
3: Well, people change a lot in a year.
2: Do they? My mother and father haven't. They still think Eddie's no good. And even now, when I went to help him, I have to meet you in the park before I go to school. All
1: right, Emily, suppose you leave Eddie to me.
2: I'm going to secretarial school now, and in another year I'll start working. And if you don't mind waiting, oh, I suppose could... you leave that to Mr. Valentine, too. Then you mean you'll do everything you can?
1: <laughs> that and a little more, Emily. Now, suppose we go and have some breakfast so you can tell me all about Eddie. Then I'm going to have a talk with his father. <laughs>
4: I don't care who you are. I want to hear nothing about my son. I got no son. Now get out of my house.
1: Now just take it easy, Mr. Prokosh.
4: Look at me, mister. You see this crippled leg? I got that making honest living. Honest living.
3: I know that's dreadful, Mr. Prokosh. But there's still Eddie to think about.
4: I get few pennies from the company every month. I even bite my tongue and take charity from the Morrissey Association. But better I should hate myself than take one dirty penny my son steals. I don't need it.
3: But maybe your son needs you.
4: I told you, lady, I got no son. Okay.
1: Okay, let's just call him another boy, age 16, a boy in trouble and headed for more. But not everybody's sold off in the way you are. His own father.
3: You know, Mr. Prokosh, you can worry so much about being right that you can be wrong.
4: Right, such fancy talk I don't understand.
5: Hey, Prokash, I want
4: Oh. Say so you get company, eh? Huh? What you want in my house?
5: least, these characters a blow. There's something I want you to tell me.
1: Ah. Uh, just who is this imitation,
4: Bogart? Huh? Uh, he His name you up... is Dan Lucas. He's the worst hoodlum of them all.
5: Look, Pop, Eddie's time's about up. When's he getting out? I got to know.
4: I tell you nothing. You
1: heard me. I got to know. No, and you're going to tell oh, me right 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 You what? Let, let That flashy tie you're wearing. You don't knot it half tight enough. So I'm going to help you. And it's not good manners for a tough guy like you to be pushing helpless people around. Stop it, will
4: you? you see what I mean, Stanley? George, See the kind knife he carries? Yeah.
1: Not the kind you peel potatoes with. Why, I ought to... George, let go of him. I I just got one thing to say to you, mister. Stay out of
5: this neighborhood after dark if you want to live.
1: Which way do you want to go downstairs, on your head or on your feet? I ain't through with you. You need a Prokosh. Beat it. Take that collapsible stiletto with you. Let's hope the cops find it on you.
4: Still have nothing to say to us about Eddie, Mr. Prokosh? Nothing. Nothing. You see the kind friends he has? I would rather die we than...
1: Know. All right, let's go, Brooksy. There's one more place I'd like to stop before we meet Eddie tomorrow.
6: What do I know about Eddie Prokosh? Just about everything, Mr. Valentine. Good, good. That's why we dropped in to see you, Mr. Morrissey.
3: Mr. Prokosh says you and the Chelsea Square Association have been helping him out every month.
6: Well, Miss Brooks, we're sort of a political club, as you know. But we believe in really taking care of our own down here. So I understand. Naturally, we hope to win votes. But in a tough neighborhood like Chelsea Square, there are other things that are more important. Giving out turkeys come Thanksgiving and
1: arranging a boat ride in the summer just are not
6: enough. Oh, we do much more than that. We cooperate with the police. Even get to the judge when one of our boys gets into trouble. We've been talking about putting up a playground,
1: too. Well, I could get the bare facts of what happened in juvenile court. But I thought a man like you, whose business it is to know what's going on, could tell us more than that.
3: We understand Eddie didn't even try to defend himself on that stolen car charge.
1: I know. But I'm afraid
6: there was very little he could say. He was caught red-handed. Very unfortunate case.
1: But I'm afraid not at all unusual. Say, tell me, Morrissey... Why would a young hooligan like Stan Lucas be interested in knowing when Eddie gets out from the work camp? Lucas?
6: Oh, yeah, that one. There's really a neighborhood problem. Mm,
3: I can imagine.
6: But Stan's almost a man now. I don't see what he could have had to do with Eddie
1: Prokos. Apparently, he had a lot to do with him, Morrissey. But it looks as though we won't get the real picture of Eddie till we talk to the boy himself. <laughs>
7: How about a lift, mister, huh? Oh. Uh, He's you going into town? How about a...
1: Uh, Why knock yourself out, kid? I'm going back to town. I'll give you a lift. What?
7: Huh? Oh, I didn't see you parked under that
1: tree. Hop in, Eddie. Okay, thanks. What? How did you know my name? I've been waiting for you, kid. But we'll go into all that later. <laughs>
7: I don't listen to Emily. She's just a crazy kid. (laughs) And I suppose you're a brainy old man. Yeah, well, I know what I'm doing. And you can let me off with the next cross and I can get a bus, you know. No, just keep your shirt on, Eddie. Ah, that kid gets crazy ideas. I know what I'm doing. I don't need anybody's
1: help. Okay, okay, so you're on your own. Well, let's set it up this way. Look, I live by myself. What do you say we go home and have some chow? You might decide to bunk over with me until you know what you want to do.
7: I know what I want to do.
1: Hey, uh, mister, you sure you're not a cop? (laughs) Well, some of them are my best friends, Eddie, but I don't happen to be one. No, it's just like I said. I had a little talk with Emily while she was feeding the pigeons in the park. You mean
7: Emily still sits by that statue and. Well, uh, okay. I guess there's no reason why I shouldn't
1: eat your food. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Eddie.
3: There's only one thing a woman likes better than to see a man clean up that last drop of gravy on his plate.
8: Oh,
7: what's that, Rosie?
3: Two men doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah.
7: Yeah, I sure packed away a lot, didn't That's I? That's why I
3: was here, Eddie. Go on, rave some more about my cooking to Mr. Valentine. It may help. Uh... See you in the office in the morning, George. Glad to met you, Eddie.
1: Yeah, me too, Miss Brooks. Well, thanks, Angel, for being chief cook and bottle washer. Maybe you
3: see those dirty dishes in the sink. <laughs> Good
7: night, George. <laughs> oh, uh... Mr. Valentine. Yeah, Eddie? Thanks a lot for the meal, but I gotta get going now. No,
1: Eddie, no. You're gonna stay right here tonight. Now, look, I said it. You're stewing about something. You can't wait to get it out of your system without thinking of the trouble it's gonna cause everybody, including yourself.
7: Well, you stop preaching at me. You got no right just because you give me
1: a meal. I'm getting out of here. Not tonight, you're not. Now, look, kid, give yourself a chance to sleep on it. You may feel differently in the morning.
7: I'm leaving by that door, so get out of my way.
1: Now, I don't want to have to
7: get tough with you, but... Yes. I'm Okay, you asked for it. Sorry, Eddie. Oh. Oh. I asked for it, too. Oh, what
1: happened? Just a little judo oh. trick I had to learn once. Oh. Yeah, it came in pretty handy in Salerno.
7: Hey. Hey, you mean you were in that fight in Salerno? That's right.
1: And the guy coming at you wasn't supposed to land on a nice, soft couch like you just did. Oh. Well, Eddie... No reason why we shouldn't settle down Listen to the fights now. Oh, yes. What? When you do go to bed, just remember, I'm a very light sleeper. So? So, don't get any fancy ideas about running out on me. Uh, okay, Eddie, time to get up. Hey, Eddie, did you hear me? Rise and shine. Oh, that's good. Say, Eddie, if you want to try my new electric razor, you can... Why that little... Now, where... Oh, great. Well, he did leave me a note. That's something. I wasn't asleep like you thought when you went in to take your shower. I even washed the dishes to pay for my room and board. Now, you and Miss Brooks and Emily better stay away from me. You were so anxious to know what I was going to do, now I can tell you. I'm going to take care of Stan Lucas.
0: Return to tonight's adventure of George Valentine in just a moment. Meanwhile, a word about wear and tear. Most motorists believe, and quite naturally, that automobile engines wear out faster when they're running. But that's not true. Your car faces its biggest danger when it's standing cold. For that's when rust, caused by condensed moisture inside cylinders, starts to work. And that's where RPM motor oil can help you avoid a repair bill. RPM's special compounds keep a rust-proof oil film on all engine parts all the time. Whether your car is running hot or standing cold, RPM clings stubbornly to vital wear points. And consequently, rust never has a chance to get started in your car. No wonder it's the two-to-one choice of Western motorists. Next time you need oil, ask for rust-fighting RPM motor oil at any standard station or independent Chevron gas station. While you're there, ask for a free copy of Batter Up. It's a wonderful handbook on baseball, a gift to you from independent Chevron gas stations and standard stations where they say and mean we'll take better care of your car. Now back to tonight's adventure, George Valentine, and to Chelsea Square, a jungle of tenements in the middle of the city, and a wolf pack of boys stalking the streets. That's the background for George's present job. The specific challenge to keep 16-year-old Eddie Prokosh from committing a serious crime, as he promised.
3: Good morning, George. Hey, you only shaved on one side of your face this
1: morning. Okay, so that's the side you can kiss me on. (laughs) But look, we're in trouble, Angel. What? Yeah, playing big brother a la Spencer Tracy didn't work out. Eddie beat it while I was shaving.
3: All right, darling, take it easy.
1: Uh He left this little note. He's out on the prowl. To quote, he's going after Stan Lucas. Oh, no. Yeah. I've got to stop him somehow, Brooksy. I only knew where to find him down there in that Chelsea district. What pool hall, what dark alley, what hallway. Then
3: stand with that knife. What can we do, George? Well, I'm going to
1: have another talk with Eddie's father. Look, you find Emily. But where? Well, she gave us the name of the secretarial school. Call her. Get her to meet you in the park. Maybe she can give us a clue on how we can find Eddie. Okay, George. And remember, Brooksy, it's a race against time. <laughs>
2: He can't do that. He mustn't.
3: Emily, stop crying. (laughs) Yes, Miss Brooks. Emily, I'm not going to talk to you like a child. If you're old enough to fall in love with a boy, this is no time to let him down. I know. I know. You came to us for help. Now we need yours. Can you tell us some of the places where Eddie might be looking for Stan Lucas?
2: It could be anywhere, but I... Yes, dear? I...
3: I should have told you this before,
2: but I couldn't. I mean about Stan. Stan! Stan! Did he have anything to do with that
3: stolen car business?
2: I'm not sure, but that's, that's not what I meant.
3: What did you mean?
2: Miss Brooks, you said you weren't going to talk to me like a child. Well, I'm not going to talk to you like I was one either. All this year, Eddie was up in that work camp. I've been going around with Stan. Oh. But I had to. Everybody does what Stan tells them to. I wasn't afraid just for myself, but what he said he'd do to Eddie when he came out. Does Eddie know that? No, you know how many are. And I wouldn't want him to know. Oh, you
3: poor kid.
2: Well, what could I do, Miss Brooks? Stan said he could even stop the few dollars Mr. Prokosh gets from the association. And he needs that money to live on.
3: Dan was just talking. But you don't have to worry about him anymore. Mr. Valentine knows how to take care of him.
2: I'm only thinking of Eddie. If I could only talk to him, I've got to find him.
3: Wait, Emily, I'll go with you. We'll both look for him.
1: All I want to know, Mr. Proconscious, whether Eddie's been here or not. He knows better than to come here. Oh, yeah. And I suppose that makes you a great father. Hey, look, Eddie's wandering around. A few words well chosen might save his whole life. And all he gets is a door slammed in his face. I got nothing more to say, Mr. Valentine. Well, I have one more thing to say. Your son's out to kill somebody. K-I-L-L. That's the kind of thing you get the big rap for. Even a kid of 16.
4: My Eddie, he would not...
1: A thief, and a okay, Prokash, I can't waste any more time on you. A 16 year old girl had more faith in your son than you have. And I've got to keep faith with her. Well, that stubborn old. Remember me,
5: big shot?
1: Well, at least I
5: didn't have to look for you, Stan. Nah, no, you didn't. Because I was looking for you! Jump, boys, jump! Hold against that oh. Okay, Stan, hold it! Uh, twist his arms back, Slim. Yeah. I want to do this right. Hey, no! Hey. Oh. I owe this mug something. Imitation Bogart. Oh. Huh? Oh. You had something to say about my knife, didn't you? No. Oh. How do you like it oh. now? I get to carve my initials all over that face oh. of yours. Oh. Hey, Dang don't it do really. it, Stan. Ah, oh, no, I won't do it. It's really going to be a Pleasure to work him over so even his own mother wouldn't recognize him.
1: I I know my addiction isn't very good, Lieutenant Riley.
9: Valentine, what's the matter with you? Where are you?
1: Just about got to the hall phone... Look, you got to do me a
9: favor. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But what's wrong with you?
1: I thought I could keep the police out of a boy's life, but it's way over my head now. I need your help, Lieutenant.
9: Okay, shoot.
1: Look, pick up two boys down in Chelsea Square fast. Eddie Prokosh, about 5'8", freckles on his nose, wears a leather jacket, and Stan Lucas,
9: get it? Stan Lucas, yeah. He's a, a dirty, vicious little... Oh. Valentine, yes. you stay where you are. Don't worry, Lieutenant.
1: I can't help myself. George, George, I know, George. I know what you mean. Guy doesn't look his best in these
3: hospitals. Oh, darling, your face.
1: Look, what about Eddie? Did they pick him up? Yes. Before he got to stand? Uh-huh. Oh, good,
3: good. Not quite so good. What happened, Brooksy? Lieutenant Riley has Eddie in jail. Huh? They found a gun on him.
1: But if he didn't get to stand, the then... The gun
3: was taken from a watchman in a hold-up this morning. Eddie! No question about that gun.
1: But, Brooksy, when that guy's wrecking, and now I this... I I know.
3: But, George, what do you think you're doing? Where are you...
1: Oh, I'm getting out of here and have a talk with Eddie in jail. Eddie, you gotta talk.
10: What
7: about you and that watchman? What difference does it make what I say? Nobody will believe me. Come on, Eddie, come on! I bought that gun from Swenson, the pawnbroker, just a couple hours ago. What? Yeah, I was going to use it on Stan. Well, didn't Lieutenant Riley check with a pawnbroker to see if your story was right? Yeah, sure, but Swenson told him he hadn't seen me since I was sent away. Uh-huh. Shouldn't be any surprise to me. I should be used to getting framed. Now, look, you told me the truth, huh, Eddie? I tell you, I was nowhere near that factory this morning. I was out looking for Stan. And it was Stan who framed you on that hot car deal? That's right. Well, why didn't you say so when you were arrested? Well, what proof did I have? He, he would have lied his way out of it. And he wanted to get rid of me so he could have Emily for himself. Yeah, I know all about her going out with him while I was away. One of the
1: kids up at camp told oh, me. Now, wait a minute, Eddie. You got Emily all wrong. Yeah,
7: yeah, You sure. know why
1: Emily was going out with Stan? She explained all that to Miss Brooks. I'm not interested. She was afraid of what Stan would do to you when you got out. And he said he could stop the allowance your father was getting every month. What? You, what's that? You heard me, Eddie. If Emily were giving you a runaround, she wouldn't come to me to keep you from making a darn fool of yourself. Yeah, but
7: Ugh, nobody does anything for anybody unless there's a payoff in it somewhere. Nobody gives a good hoot about me. Look anyway. at me,
1: tough guy. My face, I mean.
7: Stan and the gang did give you a good going over, didn't oh, they? Oh yeah, yeah. Very artistic job.
1: You think I'd look like this if I didn't give a good hoot about you?
8: Well,
7: and I, I... suppose
1: the payoff in this for me is going to be a million bucks. I'm sorry, Mr. Valentine. Okay. Okay, Eddie, we understand each other. Now, I'll show you how much I believe in you. Here, take this. A knife? Yeah, that's right. Wolfpack style. A la Lucas. I don't get it. I'm going to talk to Lieutenant Riley. And you're going to have a chance to talk to Stan alone in a cell when they bring him in.
7: You, you mean you're going to let me loose with him? With this? That's right, Eddie. Oh, that'll be just dandy with me. Now, look. We've got to get Stan to talk, and he's
1: not giving out for the police or for me. You're the only one who can make him talk. Now, you listen closely.
9: All right. All right, I don't mind playing ball with you, Valentine. I'm all for helping the kid. Thanks, Lieutenant. But you realize the spot I'm putting myself in, letting Eddie have a knife when he talks to Stan? We'll
3: be right next to the
9: cell door.
4: Go right
9: in, Mr. Morrison. The we'll a waiting for you. Thank you. Well, it's good to see you, Morrison. How are you, Lieutenant? Miss Brooks. Hello, Mr. Morrison. Hi, I see. Hi, I see they're keeping you stepping down there in Chelsea Square. It's yes, great so, but we do our best. Well, Valentine, uh, thought you ought to be in on this Prokosh case. Eddie's one of your boys, you know. I know. Yeah, we're going to hear Eddie's side of the story.
3: And if it sounds convincing, we know you'd want to help.
9: I'm glad you thought of me. Okay, let's get going. Sergeant! Bring the Prokosh boy to cell nine. We'll be right there.
4: Okay, Eddie. The lieutenant says you can talk to this guy five minutes. Thanks.
8: <laughs>
5: well, well, well. Did you get out, Brokash? You didn't stay out very long, did you?
7: No. You saw sort of that, Stan.
5: Come oh, on, you're talking through your head? Am I? You want me to give you regards to anybody when I get bailed out? Emily, for instance?
7: You're not getting out of here.
5: What are you doing?
7: You ought to know this trick. How to hide a knife in your shoe so they don't find it when they search you. Hey, Eddie, put that thing away. I've been waiting to catch up with you, Stan. Look, stay away from you me. You framed
5: me running those stolen cars. Well, now you're going to pay hey, for no, it. Oh, look, kid, take take it easy, will you? Didn't you? Look, I, I, I didn't mean to frame me, Eddie. It was, it was all a mistake. Help! Somebody help! He's going
7: to... Stop, and yeah, help I was looking around for a gun, and sooner or later I'd wind up at Swenson's, so you planted that hot gun there. Yeah, 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 that's right. But, look, kid.
9: Help, get this guy out of here, you hear me? Get him out of here! Well, get him out of here, they
1: all was right. They were trying to murder me. Hey, what are you doing here? You got a good memory for faces, Stan, especially ones you've been working on.
7: Gosh, Mr. Valentine, it worked. You heard him, didn't you? Yes, Eddie, we heard everything.
1: Look,
6: what's
7: going on here? you got no. Shut order. up! Mr. Morrissey, get me out of here. I didn't do
6: nothing. less you say the better,
9: Stan. Look, you can't let them railroad me like I'll that. I'll do
6: everything I can, same like as I would for everyone else from our district.
9: I guess you're going to
1: stay put, Lucas,
9: and the rest of your gang will be sent to a place where they can learn to do something useful with their lives. Come on, everybody. Wait a minute, Lieutenant.
1: Huh? Isn't it going to be kind of crowded in here for Stan and Mr. Morrissey? What are you talking about, well, Valentine? I mean, that was some nice double talk between you and Stan a second ago. The less he says, The better. They're better for you, you meant, didn't you, Morrissey? Oh, look, Lieutenant, And you, Stan, Lieutenant... you said, you can't let them railroad me or I'll... Well, I... Uh, or you'd I, give I, away I... the whole works, wouldn't you? Morrissey was the real guy behind the stolen car racket and a lot of other rackets down in Chelsea Square. Morrissey, you were using Stan to bully the other kids in the line.
3: That's why Stan boasted he could cut off the little money Mr. Prokosh was getting from the association.
9: Well, you don't seem to have much to say, Morrissey. Everybody knows my reputation. Oh yeah, and... yeah, the big power of the
1: neighborhood, big enough to make Swenson, the pawnbroker, perjure himself, so you could be rid of Eddie. I think you can get Swenson to talk now, Lieutenant.
6: I told you he sold me that gun. You got this all wrong, Valentine. This Lucas boy here has caused all kinds of trouble. If he tries to implicate me, surely no one will him. look,
1: Marcy. You're not going to walk out and leave me holding the bag. Valentine is right. I got lots of proof. Keep quiet, you little rat. See what I mean, Lieutenant? On second thought. It wouldn't be safe to leave them both in the same cell.
4: Mr. Valentine, what's that saying about an old fool? (laughs) Well, I don't know about that saying, Mr. Prokash. Why not
1: settle for another one? Better late than never. (laughs) Except for you...
4: I would have made a terrible mistake. Thank you.
3: George, come here.
4: Ah, oh, what is it, Brooksy?
3: Look down there, out of the window. Huh? There's Emily and Eddie sitting on the stoop.
4: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> offhand, I'd call that a romance, Angel.
3: And offhand, I remember a saying, too. Hmm? Speak for yourself, John. If you know what I mean. <laughs>
0: And now, a message of importance to motorists. The merry month of May means a merry vacation for a lot of folks. And if you're one of them, here's the way to start out safe as well as happy. Just make sure your car gets a vacation check at a standard station or an independent Chevron gas station. Do this a day or two before you start out. When the men at these service stations inspect your tires, battery, crankcase oil, spark plugs, all the vital parts... They give your car the same thoroughgoing care they'd give their own. While you're getting this important vacation check, get a new keyless gas cap, too. It has a simple combination lock, no key to lose. And it guarantees your gasoline is safe from theft during your vacation trip and whenever you park your car. Keyless self-locking gas caps are another better motoring item available at independent Chevron gas stations and at standard stations where they say and mean... We'll take better care of your car. Next week, when you tune our way for another adventure of George Valentine, you'll hear... Oh,
3: hello, Angel. Oh, darling, I thought you'd never open your eyes.
1: Oh, why doesn't somebody turn that radiator off? It's hissing.
3: We're back in the man lock at the tunnel, George.
1: Oh, what happened?
3: Well, you were down here this morning, and you must have come up too quickly, and you got the bend. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, I remember now. Then coming up, and then everything went blank.
3: There was another accident in the tunnel. What?
1: Oh, hey, I'm beginning to remember a few things now. And I'm pretty sure I know what causes these accidents. Brooksy, quick, help me over to that phone.
0: Tonight's adventure of George Valentine has been brought to you by Standard of California on behalf of independent Chevron gas stations and standard stations throughout the West. Let George Do It stars Robert Bailey as George with Francis Robinson as Claire. Wally Mayer appears as Lieutenant Riley. Tonight's story was written by David Victor and Herbert Little Jr. and directed by Don Clark. Also heard in the cast were Mary Lou Harrington as Emily, Jay Novello as Dr. Prokosh... Tommy Cook as Eddie, Tony Barrett as Stan, and Herbert Butterfield as Morrissey. The music is composed and conducted by Eddie Dunstetter, your announcer, John Heaston. Listen again next week, same time, same station, to Let George Do It. The Mutual Don Lee Broadcasting System.
11: Ladies and gentlemen, we take you now behind the scenes of a police headquarters in a great American city, where under the cold, glaring lights will pass before us the innocent, the vagrant, the thief, the murderer. This is The Lineup. <laughs>
10: May I have your attention, please? (laughs) You people out there on the other side of the wire in the audience room, may I have your attention, please? Thank you. My name is Greb, Sergeant Matt Greb. I'll explain the lineup to you. Each of the suspects you will see will be numbered. I'll call off a number, their name, and charge. If you have any questions or identification, please remember the number assigned to the prisoner as I call his name. At the end of each line, when I ask for questions or identifications, call out the number. If you're sure or not too sure of the suspect, have him held. The officers who took your name will assist you. They're seated among you. Please be prompt with your questions or identifications. When the prisoners leave here, they are sent to the bathroom and dressed back into their jail clothes. It makes it quite difficult to bring them back after they leave here. The questions I ask these suspects are merely to get a natural tone of voice, so do not pay too much attention to their answers as they often lie. Bring on the line. All right. All right, come on, move it along. Keep it moving right up to the end of the stage. Now face front and to your sides. Look straight ahead. Number one, Bernard Egan. Alias, Bernard Bushman, assault, five arrests, two convictions, arm robbery. Where do you live, Bernie?
12: I ain't got no special place, Sergeant.
10: Things have been kind of tough, and i live with friends. Why did you slug the man in that bar? He used some very uncute language. You're a two-time loser, Bernie. This won't be easy on you.
12: I should have controlled my disposition, I guess, but
10: the things that Muck said... You hit him with a bottle. It was empty. Number two, Rex Gay, alias Gaylord Green, alias Rex Anderson. Nine arrests, one conviction, Grand Theft Auto. Where do you live, Rex? 618 North Adams. You stole a car belonging to Mrs. R.H. Henderson. Well, I was walking by, and I seen this here car parked out in the street. It was way out. Anybody could have run into it. I just figured I'd do a good turn and park it right. You were trying to park it right, three miles away from where Mrs. Henderson left it. You know, that's a funny thing. I pulled out, getting ready to back it in right, see? Some low-life sneaks in right behind me. Well, I cussed him out, sure, but I couldn't just sit there in the middle of the street, everybody blowing horns, whack, whack, whack. So I went looking for another space. Three miles away. Number three, David Hellman, alias Richard Hellman, alias Herman Richards. Sixteen arrests, two convictions. Armed robbery, larceny. Served 15 years in the state prison. Where do you live, David? Lately the barry, Sergeant. They've been you're not working? Uh, I'm on vacation. See any of the boys lately? Well, I've been going straight. You know that, you keep tabs on me. We've been watching you closer than you think.
4: Number four, John
10: Kaler, alias Jack Johnson. How John. are you, Sergeant? You talk when I ask you. Oh, beg your pardon, sir. Vigrancy Four arrest, one conviction, forgery. Now, where do you live, John? Oh, I just got out. Where do you live? Oh, down, I doubt it. just registered when the door flew open. Two of your finest gently lifted me by the back of my neck. Did a very sloppy job of frisking my duffel bag. Hold me down here. Where were you registering, John? Eden Hotel, two bits of night, 334 West 89th Street. Any questions or identifications from the audience? None of these men. Uh, Any questions or identifications from the audience, please? Sergeant Graham. Uh, Yes, Lieutenant. No
12: identifications. Run on the next group. the whole bunch of them down looking at the mug files. I've got to see Baylor. Want to come along? Yeah, sure, sure. We haven't had a bank job like this in six years. How's the guard? Well, he's still unconscious.
10: Doesn't look like he'll make it.
12: Hello, Chief. Hello, Ben. Matt. Oh, Chief. I just had the witnesses look at the lineup. Didn't spot anybody. You haven't had a bank hold-up in five years. In six years. Well, here's how it stacks up, Chief. Five men went into the bank at 11 this morning. As near as the bank can tell, they got away with close to 100,000. They ran for the street, and this bank guard pulled a gun, exchanged shots with one of the hold-up men. Giulio Bulati. Yeah, that's right. Bulati and the guard are both in pretty bad shape. Unconscious, not likely to live.
9: Sergeant Quine's over with Bulati in case he regains consciousness.
12: The other four left you on the sidewalk, piled into a green sedan. Witnesses say it was either a Chrysler or a Plymouth. Couldn't get the license number covered with mud. Well, the witnesses have identified two of the holdup men, Leon and Jack Holsterer. We'd like to have those boys. Well, they've never operated here, Chief. All we know about them is what you got from Denver. They've been out of circulation for about seven months. Never pulled a job this big before, but that doesn't mean they couldn't. Originally from Oklahoma. A couple of brothers who started out bad. Both have done time. Skipped out on their parole a year ago. Well, this Bulotti is a local boy. We know him. He probably landed here, cased the job, then rounded up some local talent. That's what we're hoping for. We've got Bulotti, but he may die before he can tell us anything. The other three boys are local talent. Maybe we can trace that green sedan. If it wasn't stolen. Even if it was. It'd be easier rounding up some of our own local hoods than it would the Halstead of brothers.
9: We've set up the usual roadblocks, covered the airports, the bus stations, and trains.
12: The witnesses in the bank got a good look at all five of the men? No, they say so. They identified the Halsteader brothers. Let's hope they can tag the other two. And what about the sixth? man driving the car. Nobody got a good look at him. Just our luck. He's probably the one who owns the car. Chief Baylor speaking. Yeah. Okay. You better get down to the hospital. That was Klein. Doctors say is regaining consciousness. Here comes Klein. Is he still conscious? No. Too late. Yeah? Didn't even get a statement. Just opened his eyes, took a look at me, and died. <laughs> Oh,
9: yeah, please. Okay. Huh. Well, they didn't come up with one identification.
12: I sent them home. Uh-huh. Cream, sugar? Uh, no, no. Thanks. Not one identification.
9: Now, they were a little vague. They all got a good look at the host their brothers, but the others were off near the door or by the side of the room. They identified Bulati's picture, all right. They all got a good look at him while he was lying on the street.
12: Mm-hmm. I'm keeping Bulotti's death out of the papers. I want the Halstead of boys to think he can still talk. Yeah? We got the men you wanted down in the tank, Lieutenant. Okay. I'll uh, see him in the interrogation room. Stoolies? Yeah. We haven't been able to find out too much on Bulati. Thought maybe some of the stoolies might give us a lead. Sorry, uh... Won't be able to finish your coffee, Matt. Well, I hope something comes out of this. I hope so. Hello,
10: Lieutenant
12: Coochie. Hello, Bert. Good afternoon, Sergeant Klebb. Hello. How are you? Is this about the bank robbery this morning? Uh-huh. I can't help you, Lieutenant. You know Giulio Bulatti? I heard of him. Don't know him. He was one of the men who stuck up the bank. Yeah, he got a hundred thousand, I hear. He sure had a lot of nerve pulling a job like that. What do you know about Bulotti? I heard of him. And what have you heard? Got a record. Just a hood. That's all I heard. Uh-huh. You know any of his friends?
9: No, Lieutenant. First National Bank they knocked over. Some nerve. How about the Holstetter brothers? What do you know about Leon and Jack Holstetter? Can't help you with this one, Sergeant.
12: We've done you some favors, Bert.
9: Oh, I appreciate the favors.
12: I've done you some, Lieutenant. You can't help us? No, Lieutenant, can't help you. I'd like to help you, but I don't know nothing about the bank job. Or Bulatti. No, Sergeant. Or the Holstetter brothers. No, Lieutenant. You're sure, Bert? Oh, sure. That's all, Bert. Thanks, Lieutenant. Yeah.
10: Keep your nose clean. Yes, Sergeant. Good afternoon. Bye, Lieutenant. Yeah. Now bring in the next
9: one. Uh, I hate
12: working with those guys. Yeah, sometimes you got them. Cigarette? Oh, yeah.
10: Here's Tony, Lieutenant.
12: All right. Come on in, Tony. Hello, Tony. Just sit down, Tony.
10: Sure.
12: Oh, Sergeant. We uh, want to ask you some questions, Tony. How about the bank job this morning, huh? Word gets around. Yeah, it sure does. I can't do you no good. Uh, did you know Giulio Bulatti, Tony? No, I uh, heard of him, no. Know any of his friends? No. How about Leon and Jack Holstead? Heard of them, too? Don't know. Oh, well, I think we only have one more. Amos here is
9: the last one, Lieutenant. Okay. Come on in, Amos. Yeah, 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 Lieutenant. Have a cheer, Miss. Hey, thanks. <clears throat> uh, how you been, Sergeant? Yeah, fine, fine. We want to ask you some questions. Sure.
12: About the bank holdup this morning.
9: I know. <sighs> they all do. You know Giulio Bulotti? No.
12: I know a kid named Frank Merritt. Oh, you do, eh? Yeah. Good friend of Bulotti's. <clears throat> Here he was with him all last night. How about this morning? Couldn't say, Lieutenant. I hear
6: there's Frank Merritt is from Denver. Allstead'er boys are from Denver, ain't they, Lieutenant?
12: Yeah, that's right. Now where can we find this Frank Merritt, Amos? I don't know, Lieutenant. Got a hunch he's making himself scarce. How long has this Frank Merritt been in town? About two weeks,
6: I think. Drove in from Denver in a green Chrysler sedan.
9: Good morning, Ben. Morning. I just saw Chief Baylor. And? And nothing. I'm getting sick of this. We get a lead and we sit around for two days. Yeah, I'm getting sick of it, too. But we can't find Merritt. Or the Holstedter brothers, or an identification on the other two hold-up men,
12: or the Green sedan. Yeah. FBI's got every available man on it. We've got every precinct in the city working on it. Sooner or later, we're going to turn up with something. Yeah. Ulcers. Well, now, look, if we don't pick up one of the Holstetter boys, then we might find Merritt, and he'll lead us to the rest. If we don't find him... We may get a lead on that green sedan. There's so few green Chrysler sedans in this city. Maybe you have a better suggestion? No, but I have an alternate. Make some coffee. I'm sick of coffee, too. Well, then, you think of something. Hand me the coffee jar. Lieutenant Guthrie. This
8: is Quine, Lieutenant. That bank guard just died. He
12: never regained consciousness. Okay, come on in. Well, that's swell, Matt. Bank guard just died. No identification. Oh, where the devil are these guys, man? I always thought we had a pretty efficient force.
9: They're keeping out of sight good.
12: Yeah. Well, they haven't gotten through the roadblocks. Haven't left the city unless they have Houdini's ghost with them.
9: We'll get them, Ben.
12: Sure. They're somewhere in the city. We've got them trapped and we don't know it. And you know something? Neither do they. Yeah, you? Uh huh. Give you a lift? Oh, I'd love it. Good night, Bill.
10: night, Lieutenant. Uh, good night, Bill.
12: Oh. I'm a little tired. Yeah, me too. Want to stop and get some dinner? Oh, well, yes, yeah, sure. Lieutenant! It's Quine. Wait a minute, Ben. I'm oh. hey. glad I caught you. Yeah, what's the matter? We think we've got the green Chrysler sedan spotted in the garage over on 3rd Avenue. Guy Fitton Merritt's description brought it in yesterday morning for a paint job. What, uh,
9: what were you saying about dinner then?
11: It's your listening post to the world. CBS new program, Hear It Now, featuring Edward R. Murrow, Friday evenings on most of these same stations. The top news of the preceding seven days, international, political, sports, entertainment, all the fields of interest, are covered in this fascinating, noteworthy, one-hour program. Oftentimes, you hear the actual voices of the people who've made the news on Hear It Now. Be listening every Friday for Hear It Now, your listening post to the world. right, Lieutenant.
12: That's the fellow who brung in the car. That's it right over there in the black sedan. You painted him? Sure. That's what the fellow wanted. How'd I know you guys were looking for him? He just come in wanted a fast paint job. How'd I know? I'm in business. Got to make a buck. It was Green? Sure. He wanted to yell at first, but I told him for a good job might have to sandblast. Stuff bleeds through. He settled for black and a fast job. Green don't bleed through black. Yeah, when is he supposed to pick it up? Some butt time between 30 and 6. We'll close up at 6. Well, it's nearly 6 now. Yeah, maybe he spotted us coming in. We were pretty careful. We've done a good job, too. If you pick him up, who pays, huh? Quine, we get behind one of those cars. All right. Mert's picking the car up. He's probably expected back with a gang. We can't give him the car and take a chance on losing him in traffic. Oh, how can we take the time to haul him down to headquarters and sweat him? His friends will wonder where he is. We can't take the time.
8: Huh?
12: Well, then what? Then we'll sweat him right here. Maybe we can drag it out of him in a hurry. Uh, You got an office? Sure. Right back there. Okay. Uh, Get behind one of the cars on that side, Matt. No shooting if you can help it. Right. Shooting? Uh, Get out of that cap and overalls. Huh? Uh, Get out of them. Hurry up. Okay. Okay. See if I can take him alone. Don't come out unless I give you the word. Okay. Matt.
9: Say, aren't those overalls a little snug?
12: Now, look, I'll take him first. Here he is.
11: Hey, you!
12: Yeah, we're just closing. I know,
11: I got a car here.
12: Oh, okay. It's that Blackman Mm -hmm. right over there. You remember I brought. Now, you ain't the guy who was here yesterday? No, no, he's uh, back in the office. Oh. Oh, uh, well, look, I'm in a hurry. Say, uh, you must be Mr. Merritt. Yeah, Hey, how did you know?
1: Keep your hands where they are,
12: Merritt. What is this? Police. Hey, now, wait a minute. Don't move. Put your hands behind your head. Hey, you're making a mistake. Where can we find the Holsteader boys? Who? Here, uh, here's his gun. All right, get him in the office.
1: Move. No, look, wait a minute. I-, I tell
11: you, you're making a mistake.
12: That bank guard died, Merritt.
1: What bank guard? What are you talking about? Move.
12: Okay, okay, but I don't know what you're talking about. You stay out here, Quinn, in case somebody else shows Garage man's hiding down in the grease pit. Help him close up. Yeah, sure. All right. Sit down, Merrick. Look, sit down. Why don't you guys listen to me? You got a permit to carry this gun? Permit? Uh, yeah. Where is it? I left it at home. In Denver? No, no, where I live. Where do you live? Look, you got no right to ask you me... You were one I... of six men who stuck up the First National Bank three days ago. You're
9: crazy. You and the of brothers. Well, I didn't stick up no bank. I don't know nobody by that name. You know Giulio Bialotti? Bialotti?
12: Giulio Bialotti. No. He knows you. He couldn't. Who? Well, why couldn't he? Because I ain't never met him. I don't know him. He swears he knows you. I can't help it. Maybe he, maybe he does, but I don't know him. I never heard of him. He says that you were in on that holdup. He's a dirty liar. I tell you, I don't know him. He's in the hospital we got a sworn statement. I don't know him. I don't
10: know him. He didn't like being left behind. What are you talking about? Left behind?
12: After he got shot outside the bank, you left him lying there. I didn't leave him nowhere. How could I? He named all six men in that holdup. Well, I wasn't one of them. I swear. You got you the You got
10: you and the whole set of brothers. I don't own any
12: whole set of brothers. That's your sedan out there, isn't it?
9: Yeah, So what? This is a murder rap, Merritt. That bank guard died. Listen, you can't do this to You're me. You know my right. statement is enough to execute you. I don't know no July. What were you doing three days ago at 11 o'clock in the
10: morning? Uh, three days ago. The 16th. At 11 o'clock in the morning? I don't know. I don't remember. Oh. How do you expect me to remember three days ago at 11? You 11... better stop remembering, Merritt. Uh, I was having breakfast.
12: Where? Well, I don't know this town very well. I do remember. Some drugstore. Near where you live? Yeah. Where do you live? Roaming house on Baker Street. What's your address? 412 West. There's no drugstore around there, Mary. Sure there is. One on the corner. That's the one you had breakfast in? No. You went to another one? Y- yeah. You walked? Well,
9: no, I went to a drugstore further away. I don't remember which one. You drove? Yeah, yeah, I drove. In that car out there? Yeah. A dozen people identified that car as the one in front of the bank. Well, they're all nuts. They got
12: the license number. They couldn't have.
9: Because it was covered with mud? No, they just couldn't have. I wasn't near the bank. You know where the bank is?
10: No. Then how do you know whether or not you were near it? You're a stranger in this town, aren't you? I told you, yeah. That
12: car was identified as the hold-up car.
10: You're in trouble, Merritt. Why?
12: I didn't do anything. Give me a lawyer. We've got sworn statements from a dozen witnesses and Bulati. You won't stand a chance against the jury. I didn't pull no hold-up. Sworn statements, Merritt. I don't believe it. How do you think we found you might not execute you for state's evidence. I don't know nothing about it. Okay. I'm satisfied just to get this one, Matt. Take him down and book him on armed robbery and first-degree murder. Oh, wait a minute. We'll get the of brothers whether you help us or not. Yeah. Got a cigarette?
8: Yeah.
12: Where can we find the of brothers? Will you go easy on me? No deals. I'll do what I can. You'll die if you don't help, Merritt. Okay. The of brothers are down in a shack in the freight yards. Who are the two other men in on the holdup? I thought you said Bulati squealed on
9: all of us. Well, I hope you won't hold us against us, Merritt. But Bulati's been dead for three days. <laughs>
12: It's Chief Baylor, Ben. Yeah, as if we don't have enough trouble. Hi. Now, we got the yards surrounded, Chief. They're down in that shack. You seen them? No. Merritt says they're down there. Quite and asher have Merritt in the car. How many of them? A whole bunch, according to Merritt. Stater brothers. man named William White, Detroit record. A guy named Jake Harrison, also a Detroit boy. Merritt was supposed to pick him up in the car. You got lights. It's pretty dark. Yeah, four big ones. All right. Now, what's the deal? Well, I'd like to get him out of that shack if I can. Merritt was supposed to drive up on that ramp and honk twice. Now, we got the sedan here, so what's to stop one of us from driving it up on the ramp and honking twice, and when they get halfway to the car, throw the lights on and cover them? Okay, okay. Klein? Yeah? Come here. You still want to take that car down on the ramp? Yeah, sure. Well, go ahead. When you get down there, honk twice. All right, Matt. Alert the men. Right. Quine will have to drive the sedan down to the Lincoln Street entrance to get out on the ramp. Take him about five minutes. I hope those guys in the shack are patient. I hope those guys are in the shack. microphone. Here. Mm-hmm. Here they come. I count three. Where's the other one? They're about halfway, Ben. Let them get a little further away from the shank. Okay. Lights! They don't know which way to go.
9: Stand where you are. You're surrounded. They're running. Open Fire!
12: That's three, but where's the other one?
10: Play those lights around the yard. Put one on the shack. There. There he goes. He climbed into that culvert. Hold your fire. Come on, man. Yep.
9: Yeah. That's the river overflow.
12: Yeah, careful, man. I'll be sitting ducks for him. I'm going in. I'm coming too. Oh, come on. Stay out of the light. that wall. Okay, Ben, okay. Come on Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, there he goes.
10: Light up ahead at the end of the culvert.
1: Yeah, there he is.
9: He's hit, but he's still going. Watch yourself. There. There he is.
10: He's lying by the edge of the water.
12: the unholstered, all right? Yeah. <clears throat> What's the matter? What'd you do to your knee? Oh, I skinned it. Well, you better put something on it when we get to the car. A thing like that can be dangerous.
11: Before you past the innocent, the vagrant, the thief, the murderer. Listen again next week when we again bring you The Lineup.
10: May I have your attention, please? <coughs> you people out there on the other side of the wire in the audience room, may I have your attention, please? <coughs> Thank you. My name is Greb, Sergeant Matt Greb. I'll explain the lineup to you. Each of the suspects you will see will be numbered. I'll call up a number, their name, and charge. Have any questions or identification? Please remember the number
11: assigned to the prisoner as I call the The lineup, starring Bill Johnstone as Lieutenant Ben Guthrie and Wally Mayer as Sergeant Matt Greb, is written by Blake Edwards with music by Eddie Dunstetter. Featured in tonight's cast were Clayton Post, Robert Griffin, Raymond Burr, Earl Lee, High Everback, and Ed Begley. The lineup is produced and directed by Jaime Del Valle. Attention young women who are college graduates or who are in their senior year. Is the field that you've chosen for a career overcrowded? Is it a field that offers equality of opportunity? If you're worried about getting started, listen carefully. You can begin your career at a salary of over $300 a month. You can have additional schooling and training while you are earning. One month a year, vacation with pay. A chance to travel, and most important, you can serve your country at a time when you are needed. Sounds good, doesn't it? The Army is now offering to young women with college degrees the opportunity to become second lieutenants in the WAC regular Army. That means a lifetime career with security, with all the advantages and privileges of male officers. But you'll have to hurry. Applications must be received by 6th Army Headquarters by January 15th. So act today, right now. (laughs) We must see ourselves as others see us. If our nation is divided in any way by rumors or acts against other groups, races, or religions, we suffer. In these times of crisis, we lose not only abroad, but at home. Judge your neighbor, your fellow worker, on his merits alone. Dan Coverly speaking. This is CBS, where you find songs for sale every Friday night, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: That's Case Closed for this week. You can find more from Let George Do It, the lineup, past episodes of this show, and all the others at relicradio.com. You can also donate through the website. I'd like to help support this and all of the shows. Your support makes it all happen. Thanks to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back next Wednesday with another hour of Case Closed.